ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Brass Ring Media Podcast, the first of two flagship shows every single week. I'm your host, Zach Haydorn, that's Tyler Sage. We're here to talk wrestling, and there's a lot to talk about. Tyler, what's going on, man? Hey, a lot to talk about, like you said, so let's get into it. Jimmy and Jay, man. Jimmy and Jay. It's I think I think we're officially, uh, you know, on the road to that match. If uh, you're mm-hmm. using us tonight as a uh, catch up to Monday Night Raw, the uh, the show went off the air last night with Jimmy Uso uh, costing his brother Jay the Intercontinental Championship uh, and beating him to a pulp in the middle of the ring uh, to a course of booze, loud booze, some really good heat there for for Jimmy Uso, um, and uh, it appears that you know we're headed towards a match between, between those two. I was, um, I I didn't know if we'd get there. I didn't, I really didn't know if we'd get there because uh, it just seemed like they, they were on totally different paths with Jimmy, like heavily involved in the bloodline thing, heavily involved with, with like whatever's going to be rock and whatever's going to be, you know, Roman Reigns and Cody. So I just didn't, it just didn't seem like they, it had teased much of that outside of their little Royal Rumble uh, uh, interaction coming in at number one and number two. But, you know, I thought they took care of business last night. I thought it was a good first chapter in what that story is going to be. I think it can be, you know, a complimentary angle and a complimentary story to like the broader bloodline stuff with Cody Roman and rock like this fits. Um, We'll talk more about the nuances of it, but do you like that they decided to pull the trigger on this Tyler? Uh, yeah, I mean, it gives those guys a, you know, I, I don't know what spot that is on the on the card, right? A pretty good spot. They get yeah. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn level spot, probably, depending on what those guys are doing. A Logan Paul level spot, an LA Knight level spot. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. good. I think so that 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 fits and makes sense for the story. Um, so I think it's good. You know, when we get there and it makes sense, like if you're not going to do it now, you're going to do it before next WrestleMania, and you know. For both them, for it to be their first singles match at WrestleMania each, uh, I'm, I would say I'm fairly confident on that. Without roll, doing the Rolodex of WrestleMania oh, yeah. in my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. that like it's with each other makes a lot of sense too. Just for you know, imagine when they both go to the Hall of Fame together, they have their right. first WrestleMania match together and then against each other, all that stuff. And just like it's perfect use of a tag team. So how we got there, at least in this episode of TV, you know, I think is less desirable. Especially the fact that the show opened and closed with BS finishes by the same yeah. two people um, is—I mean, obviously there's hot angles all, all around in WWE, but it was very reminiscent of the time when I stopped watching Raw uh, live <laughs> and, and it was reading recaps. So it was just like you know, like you've got all your good stuff is still the bread of the sandwich, and then you've got your fun or true stuff mixed in. Your Miz and R-Truth stuff mixed in, you know, then you've got your honorary Gable versus Ivar versus, you know, and then DIY doing something. And then some women's segment is basically the format for and Judgment Day, right? That's like the stew of Raw right now, week in and week out. So yeah. to have all that other stuff happening in the middle, not that I didn't like the episode, but, um, you know, unideal to do that in both spots. You could have, I think Jay just lose and get attacked. I think would be better for everybody, but or at least have Gunther kick out when that bell was ringing. Um, so 
but it's just a nitpick. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, so the I I hear you on the finishes, like on the on those two finishes being so similar. I I'm a little more lenient on them this time around, just because you know I think for so long, like you had um, you had finishes to these like big matches in WWE that that just were there to like because they just needed a way out. They just needed a way out of, of, of like the match. They wanted to do the match, but they didn't want to do the, um, you know, do a finish, do a clean finish one way or the other. Both of these, like I was okay with them because they served a purpose. Like they both furthered like bigger, broader stories. Um, so I was okay with those, but I, you know, you do want to be careful about doing them like on the same show, pretty much in the exact, same way so i still uh i still uh i think you make a good point um as far as that goes um yeah i want to get to the broader kind of raw picture here in a minute but do you like what was your sense last night on like on the crowd like watching it like i I, i'm comparing this in my head to like last year's like ray mysterio dominic mysterio feud and just how like how behind people were for ray to just you know, beat up Dominic. And, and I don't think this match at this point anyway is quite on, on that level. Um, so I do think they have some work to do. They, they painted a picture last night, Michael Cole of like Jimmy has now caused Jay to lose two different singles matches. So clearly like that's going to be a part of this story, which is why I think they wanted, you know, which is why they wanted Jimmy to like cost him the match actually, and not just beat him up afterwards uh, for better, for better or for worse. So I think that's what they're going for, but I do think they have some work to do. I think you really need to hear from Jay here. Um, he needs to cut some like strong babyface promos like Ray did last, uh, last year. And I think you, at the same time, like what Ray and Dominic had going for last year was it, you know, you really, you felt for Ray and you wanted to see him do the right thing and, and like take out his son. And they also though drove home the point though, that like, it's a big deal that a father and son are fighting each other. And like, I look at like AEW sometimes and I'm like, man, this like Billy Gunn is like beating up his own kids in the ring. And they barely even like, they barely even like notice that I, I want WWE to spend some time like driving home the notion that like, these are brothers. Like this is family. This is like a big deal that that's happening. So I, I like the match. I think it's going to be, it's a good addition, but that's one thing I want to see happen. Like put some serious, you know, implications on this because they are brothers like going at it. I think that's, I think that's key to making this, you know, something that people will talk about, you know, coming out of WrestleMania. Agreed. I think help sprinkling, sprinkling some rock dust always helps. Right. Yes. So yes. it's bloodline, you know, not adjacent. Right. Cause you know, solo is the only one right now who doesn't have a match that you can kind of set in some, some strong pencil. I guess, you know, Roman and, and Jimmy are rock. We'll see. But Solo doesn't have a lot either. So it'd be interesting if all four of those guys had a match at WrestleMania and where it goes, right? Then you can get like a split reaction. And what does the bloodline do after that? So, yeah, I mean, there's that. And Naomi is married to Jimmy, right? Jimmy, right. Okay. Correct. So Correct. that doesn't really work because she's a baby face. But, you know, if you want to get real, real, you could do stuff with that too. Yeah. Um, which would be good. Get the whole family dynamic together. So, yeah, I would agree, like, if 
Ray and Dominic is a like nine out of ten. You know, one of the more anticipated matches going into last year's WrestleMania. I thought mm-hmm. um, this is probably like a six at the moment for right because now. It's been yeah. so long. They've been off the TV show. You know, they've been on, on different shows. Jay, for you know the calendar year at least, has not been bloodline related at all. Right, he's doing his own thing, taking on Sammy, taking on Drew, taking on Gunther here, kind of helping out Cody. Obviously, being tag team champions with Cody for a week. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. But um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it can get there. I think it will. And you know, I think anything bloodline related, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt in being a good angle and good story. And I think we get there with this as well. Very good. Well, lots more, lots more discussion on Jimmy and Jay and Raw last night. But let's uh, set the table here for the show and take care of a little business. This is the Brass Ring Media Podcast for Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. We have a live chat that's hopping right now. Sean, hello. And Zach, hello. Tracy, happy birthday. Hello. Um, It's going to be a fun night. We're going to talk Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk more about Jay and Jimmy. We're going to talk about Cody um, and his uh, his deal last night with Drew McIntyre. We'll talk a little bit of Drew. Uh, Steve just joined us. Thank you, Steve. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, um, hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button on the channel. Uh, we are live multiple times throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, twice on Thursday with a variety of different shows and different co-hosts. So catch them all. Catch one or two. Check out what we're doing because I think you'll really enjoy it. All of uh, the content is in this type of discussion in terms of how we analyze the wrestling business and how we talk about shows. Um, You can get a nice mix of that on YouTube for free. Just hit that subscribe button and hit the notification button so you know when you're live. Our written content is up daily on our Substack newsletter page. Search Brass Ring Media Substack on uh, on Google, excuse me, not YouTube, Google, and you will get uh, right there where the first... Uh, the first hit, uh, written content all week long from me, from Tyler, from others. Um, it's uh, it's another fun way to just uh, engage with Brass Ring Media and how we cover wrestling. And when you like that and you want to take your Brass Ring Media consumption to the next level, you can become a member uh, of Brass Ring Media. Head over to Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Um, as a member, you get a free bonus member-only show every single week. You get access to all of our post-pay-per-view and post-PLE review shows, and we will be putting one of those up this weekend for Elimination Chamber. Um, should be a cool event. We're going to be tired on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, four for you, 4 a.m., right? You're starting 4 a.m. It's going to be rough. Uh, going to be rough. But it'll be kind of fun at the same time. It'll be like mm-hmm. a Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Wrestle Kingdom-esque in terms of my routine in the morning. Yeah. So with hundred percent more mommy. <laughs> yes. A thousand percent more mommy. Um, it'll be fun. So hopefully you guys all wake up with us and uh, have a good time, but our review show will be up for that for members. Um, you get full access to our content on uh, Substack, and you get to uh, contribute on our discord community in our discord channel. Uh, we have some really Fun stuff happening over there with all of our members talking wrestling, not talking wrestling, talking music, talking sports. Um, it's a really, it's a blast. It's a blast. If you don't want to like, you know, put out your opinion to the Twitter madness, uh, <laughs> come join us as a Brass Ring Media member. We got a nice little world there. Uh, right, nice little world there for you. Yeah. And uh, I assume at least one of us will be live 
discording that. I know I will because I'll be up at five. And yes, I, I will like, be too. I will 10. be. So I'll probably finish up and then have to go to my event where I'll be standing all day. So it'll be a good banner day for Tyler. Uh, <laughs> you got to take some video of that so we can just watch you just falling asleep at your at your booth or or, or yeah, wherever you're, you're going. Yeah, slinging uh, antiques on uh, <laughs> doing antiques on Saturday. So very excited. Get that hustle in, man. Get yeah. that hustle in. Uh, as for today and tonight, um, our super chats are open. Uh, if you're willing and able to contribute to the show, uh, drop us a super chat, ask us a question, make a comment. Uh, we make a point to read all of our super chats every single show. Um, and uh, we appreciate all the contributions that you guys get. It helps us keep doing this thing. Um, and uh, yeah, we certainly would appreciate it. So thank you in advance. Uh, that said, um, let's uh, let's start off with a super chat, actually. We'll start off with one from, from Sean here, because it's right in line with what we were talking about with Jimmy and Jay. He says, how do you guys feel about Jimmy and Jay? I like it, but Jimmy does feel very cold. Hopefully Jimmy can improve what he's been doing. We need more. Yeah, I think this is why, Tyler, like I kind of grade this lower right now. And you kind of hinted at it like the like lower than Ray and Dominic from last year. And I don't know why I'm comparing those two. I know, you know, they're both family feuds. So that's part of it. But they also just seem like that's a similar like level of match on the card, I guess, too. Um, so I don't mean to keep doing that, but I guess I, I will for sake of just trying to compare <laughs> it to something. Um yeah, Jimmy's just been a background player. Like he's just that's he has been. He's just been a background guy, you know, for the better part of this year since last year's WrestleMania. So I I think we do need more, Sean. I, I agree with that. I mean, he's really got to um come out of his shell a little bit as a singles star and you know, not just play background character for Roman making weird faces and, and smiling and kind of being like the cocky henchman. Like he has to carry, you know. A, a big chunk of, of this story. I think, you know, for one thing, I think explaining like why, like why, you know, what's with his obsession with, you know, keeping um, Jay away from singles titles. He kind of was yelling something at him yesterday on raw, but you know, we need to see him cut promos that, that talk about that, that talk about their history, about their family, about their run as a tag team. Like, I think all that is like, is meat on the bone. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of it rests on Jimmy because Jay is going to be reacting to that and pushing back on that. And, and that's where, you know, the sympathy is. So yeah, Sean, I agree. He's got a, he's got a ways to go. Um, we'll see if he can step up. Tyler, what do you think? Agree. And, and, you know, if you look at his group, right, he's the fourth guy out of four right now right. in the bloodline. Yep. Fifth, yep. if you include Heyman in that of like most interesting character in that group. So that doesn't help while Jay's on his own as a single star. And yeah. I mean, like you're laying out what's the last Jimmy match. Eight, oh, I don't know that one. there has been one. Yeah. Yeah, like a singles Jimmy match. I mean, you know, I would say if you look at their matches recently, it's probably similar. They're both losing to guys higher on the card as, as a singles act since they've mm -hmm. split apart. But, yeah, I mean, Jimmy is just in the orbit of Roman and the bloodline. And Jay is his own little comet on Raw doing his own thing that comes by every so often. You're like, oh, man, it's that time for Jay again, you know, as opposed to, you know. Jimmy's a, a moon on a planet that you're like used to seeing all the time as my straight analogy ends there. But um, yeah, I just, it needs some there. And I, I think this is like potential for like, they could main event a raw or a SmackDown when you need some wrestling content and it could lead to an actual blow off at WrestleMania. Right. Cause like 
I think a good WrestleMania, most matches in the feud there, and some will extend. So this will be one or the other, right? It'll be the first time, and then they'll have a, another match and have some sort of rubber match between the two of them, I would guess. But mm-hmm. I'd love to see like a cage match at WrestleMania between these two. No interference, and it's just like kind of a brutal classic cage match that I think they can both put on. Um, would be would juice the story for me and makes sense if you have a match ahead of time where bloodline cheat solo you know comes in and, and helps jimmy win etc i think it'd be pretty cool yeah good point yeah i mean like and i think that's a that's even better when you think about the fact that they don't have like a pay-per-view from this saturday until wrestlemania so that's that's mm-hmm. longer than a month it's one of their longer not counting the holidays the longest stretch i think of the whole year um mm-hmm. that that doesn't where there's no major WWE event. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah, you could put this on, on TV and then like have a quick turnaround to a rematch of some kind. I think that would be, I think it, they could, they do a number. That's for sure. I think that that, you know, that they could certainly drive, you know, pull, pull some eyes in. Um, but yeah, ultimately, yeah, I, I, I want to see Jimmy kind of step up. I mean, Jay, Kind of his, he's had a lot more to work with to prove himself as a single star. Like he had the stuff with Roman. He was the guy that got to turn babyface. Like, you know, and I think, I think just, I mean, well, well, let me ask you this. I mean, who, mm-hmm. like, what do you think between Jay and Jimmy? Like, whose just work is better if you can separate the fact that like Jay inherently is going to have kind of more momentum because he did all the fun stuff, really. But like, does, do, do, Am I wrong to think that Jay is like clearly like the the standout, you know, brother at this point in terms of like being a singles star and being like a well-rounded kind of singles act in WWE in particular? Yeah, you're asking me this like if I'm a fan and I'm just yeah. watching the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think he's got way more opportunity, and I think there's a, certainly a reason for that, which is where you get your answer if you're not a fan. If you're booking these two guys who you have faith in, that's going to be available more. You know, yes. with the DUIs with Jimmy, uh-huh. but um, right, yeah, but I mean, I think given the same opportunities, I mean, Jimmy has shown that he can do similar stuff, and I think if you do the inversion of the Jay character, I think it can work with Jimmy. Like him screwing over Jay at SummerSlam is really something that has not been followed up in earnest. Of right, you know, he took like the world title away from him, and uh, you know that's a big deal in ending Roman streak. He could have finished the story that Cody's everyone's claiming Cody could finish, right? There's a promo in it right there, right? Yep. And it was Jimmy turning, you know, he left the bloodline to defend Jimmy, and Jimmy did it, you know, turned on him, etc. So there's so much there that um you can do. And I think if you do the inversion of Jimmy, where you know you're not gonna have a deathmatch wrestler, but if this is like AEW, I think Jimmy would certainly be the guy in the Texas deathmatch who's like doing the extremes and would get over that way as a brutal heel. Yeah. Um, so if you can do that in the WWE way, I think, you know, in ring, I mean, they're essentially the same to me, right? Even their movesets were similar, but given, a, you know, I'd just like to see Jimmy have an opportunity before I say like, oh yeah, Jay's head, head and shoulders above Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. I mean, I think that Jay like, or Jimmy has shown flashes. Like when he was doing mm-hmm. that serious stuff with, uh, um, you know, with, with the bloodline and with Sammy and like when they left the bloodline and all that, like there were elements of like, wow, like Jay's really, or Jimmy's really turning it on. Like, like he's, he's bringing it. Um, but then afterwards, you know, he kind of just pivoted into this weird, like, you know, 
not weird, but just like a total background background player, like and almost like comedy figure in the bloodline. And so he definitely has to step out of that. I think it's worth uh, really, you know, well worth pointing out, um, Sean. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Sean also says here, it was fun having you on with Wade last night. Yeah, I got to uh, uh, guest uh, on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. So if you guys nice. want to check that out, uh, please do. We talked that's two hours about Raw um, right after. So my opinions on things have changed a bit, you know, with, it, with more time to marinate. Um, but uh, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, we're at uh, pwtorch.com. Yeah, thanks for listening, Sean. Uh, appreciate it. Did you guys talk about Pat McAfee? I know that Wade and I are in like very similar zones on on pat so we did good thing i'm not on, good thing i'm not on be two hours of talking crap about pat mcafee so we did and okay. he he referenced taking a dump again last, last yeah, night the yeah the, the truck stop thing like, that's oh, three yeah. times in two yeah. shows yeah like who's he trying to pop in the back like that's what i want to know like it it nobody is thinking about taking a dump that often at that maybe I someone mean, said you can get any ish over and he took it literally because it's kind of a golden retriever of a human being and i was like oh i have to get that over okay i'll get it over he's wait what did you call him i called him a golden golden retriever of a human being oh my god loyal the best boy but you know sometimes isn't that isn't good for every job i freaking love that comparison well well played we probably should just end the show right there yeah i guess you know, better Gronk, judgment Gronk is the know. same way right like seems like a yeah. nice guy would not like i'd be surprised if pat mcafee's name came up in some sort of horrible um situation right he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me he just seems like you know a guy who's well, gonna, like, the, fall, yeah. fall asleep on your lap and you know want to go out for a run so <laughs> I'm never going to be able to look at him the same. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, when, he's on, when he's on the table, bark, bark I mean, singing songs. You know? Singing songs. You mean you're like chanting the, uh, the Jey Uso thing? Like, it's just so with him. It's just like, it's so forced. And he's such a caricature now of like, mm-hmm. and even he was a caricature before, but now he's like a caricature of that caricature. So it's like caricature mm-hmm. to the second power. And it's just, it's adding nothing, and it really. I and Wade made this comment last night that I and I didn't. I didn't really catch it in real time, but like Michael Cole isn't in, as like enamored with him as it as he was in that first run either. And so, like, if you're done popping Michael Cole, like that's you know you know you know you're treading in the in, in deep waters there. So not good. Yeah, and I wonder if the Netflix people were you know they they could probably hear him because they were one row behind them. I wonder if they're like, hey, you know, let's when he's back to college game day, let's, you know, I think that's fine for him to not be on, you know, when the, when when you guys come over, I think that's that's fine. How many of those Netflix people do you think have watched five minutes of wrestling before last night? I mean, were there? <laughs> well, they I think mean, there were like seven, maybe <laughs> six or seven. Maybe maybe one. I mean, there's right. lots of smart creatives that like wrestling there's very few like suits that like wrestling and those people yeah. are suits not creatives right there's your rick rubens there's your freddie prince juniors whatever right but yeah. there are you know not a ton of starch suit boardroom people that are looking at spreadsheets that are like super into wrestling so the sense that i got was they were taken from a box and put down there for the 10 seconds they're on tv 
And then as soon as the shot went away, they walked right out the other side of the of the aisle and went right back up to the box. Like, it, yeah, it looked really out of place. Yeah, I do want to talk about if they stayed in the box, unless Rock was backstage and they could get a photo with a selfie with Rock. Then true, true, they true. In the whole show, because they you know, three hours. Hell cause, no. Yeah, because what it was like five. It was past business hours at that point, right? It was like six o'clock local time. They're like, I gotta. Well, traffic's dying down at 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'll, I'll get out of here at 7. <laughs> Have a couple so. beers. Because uh, none of those people live in Anaheim. I'll tell you that. They live in the Valley. So yes, they live in the right, Valley. right. So that's quite the drive. It is. It is. Um, I want to put a pin in that because it's on my fourth yeah. talking yeah. point here. So I, LA I traffic you... definitely was. No, not LA traffic. <laughs> I know. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's uh, pull up this uh, super chat from Zach. And so, Zach, thanks for chiming in. Um, and Sean, thank you once again for the kind words. Uh, Zach says, maybe it's just me, but brother versus brother feud. The Steiners, the, ha- the Hardys, they're always awkward. The only one that really worked was Brett versus Owen. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, there's not a very good track record here of uh, of this working out. So, Half-brother you know. versus half-brother is good, though. What's that? Cody that? and Dustin. Cody and that Dustin. was excellent. One of the best yep. I mean, well, I mean, on the first show, one of the best matches ever in AEW history. Yes, it was. And it, it's still a match that I wish I could go back and watch somehow. It's going to be the first – when AEW gets a streaming service, that will be the first match that I that I watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think you're right, Zach. There, there hasn't been too many, um, but there's a there's more examples of, of it not working than it's than it working. And the Hardys really stick out to me. Like, that was a mess, you know, from the, from the start. Um, I think that they're – They've got a considerable stronger story here, um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, they they have to do business and they really have to tell tell a story and, and do some work. Just the fact that they're brothers um, isn't gonna, you know, keep this feud moving. They have to add more to it than that. They have to add mm-hmm. their history and like their background and and all of that has to be a part of this. And so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think it is, Tyler? Why? What's with the brother thing? Why doesn't it work? Yeah, I think it's I think it's that. And they've been what you just said, like, you know, hey, they're brothers, brothers fight, right? That's the old Vince line. Yeah. Of of right. why this this works, right? And this works because of the point they need to lay out of Jimmy, you know, Jay did everything to leave the bloodline to defend Jimmy, right? Like that was right. a huge moment when, when he super kicked Roman and then did his whole summer run last year, and Jimmy screwed him over out of everything. Their brotherhood is essentially over because he can't trust him ever again. The title that he should have had in his mind, right? All that stuff. That's all brother stuff, but it's layered with actual wrestling content as well. So I, I try to think of like the impetus for the Hardys feud and Brett and and Owen. Like if Brett and Owen's probably more this situation than it's definitely the Hardys, definitely the Steiners uh, and the Hardys. I can't remember. You know, if Edge and Matt were brothers, that would work. Obviously, be super awkward for, for why they hate each other. But yeah. you know, that would work better as like, hey, there's some real beef here between the two of us, and we can utilize that. Um, but yeah, you know, even I'm trying to together brother combo. We got Matt and Nick Jackson, Matthew and Nicholas, and their feud they did off AWTV uh, because they probably were not convinced that they could tell a good story for cable audience, or Tony didn't want to do it, or whatever. So. Yeah, it's tough to do. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And I, you know, I, yeah, I think the depth of it is like, you got to have more, got to have story, you know, Brett and Owen did, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had like, you know, they were told this story of jealousy for months, you know, before the, before they had the, those matches and Brett wouldn't face Owen and he would, you know, that it was a long story. It wasn't just those two kind of, or like the one really classic match. And then, you know, the cage match, like mm-hmm. it was a longer, longer arc than just that. And, um, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Like that worked and the others just didn't, they just, that depth wasn't, that depth wasn't, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see if they, they bring it here, Zach. Uh, good question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Adam jumping in saying, Jimmy is the Marty. Jimmy is the Marty. Yeah. So prop. I mean, I don't know. That's that's a little harsh, Adam. I mean, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy's killed anybody in real life. But yeah, yeah, he's admitted to committing murder. Allegedly, on social media. Marty's if Marty's litigious. Um, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, not everyone has to be a Jimmy, right? I mean, like Matt and Jeff Hardy are a good example of both those guys having their own careers. And like, I think there's camps of people who prefer Matt or prefer Jeff, right? I think it depends when you were watching and what you appreciate in wrestling. Yeah. And I think at that's like the high end, right? Like of modern brothers in wrestling, there's those two, there's Matt, Nick Jackson, who are the same unit, but same thing. You can pick like Matt is like Matt Hardy and Nick is like Jeff Hardy, right? Like they have the same skill set of the other, of the correlation there. And Jay and Jimmy, like Jimmy could be like the brains of, of laying out a, a match compared to Jay and Jay could be the guy who's a little more charismatic out there and be that equivalent. Right. So just depends, but you know, Jay, I think is set in stone to be a singles guy for a long time. And Jimmy is not at this point. So that's why that comparison comes up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why it does fit. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. Jay is just so more of a propensity, but, but it is harsh. That is harsh. Adam. Ouch. Ouch. Thank you. Thank you though. Appreciate you. You know, thinking about the Usos here, like, I mean, what a, what a career they've had. I mean, when you think about like when they came in, I remember I saw them um, win the tag titles at a raw, like right before WrestleMania 30, I think it was Mm -hmm. like it was in Chicago. They won the tag titles from like the new age outlaws or something like something really weird. Sounds right. Some, some, yeah. And it was a good, really good match, but you know, they had face paint on, they did like the kind of the um, um, Samoan, like, you know, dance as part of their entrance. And I mean, at that time, you just look at, at that act and go, man, like there's, you know, in 10 years, there's no way like that those, you know, that that's yeah. going to be anything but like just that, like maybe they can stick around and like have that and, and that's it. But I mean, they've reinvented themselves. They've been, you know, they've totally changed up the Uso gimmick, like to the Uso penitentiary thing. And then with, then they you know, pivoted to the bloodline and now they're kind of having the singles run. I mean, it's really like it's an. I think it's a it's a good reminder that like, um, you know, you can have really really strong careers in pro mm-hmm. wrestling and WWE and, and elsewhere, even if you're not you know wrestling for the world title at WrestleMania. Like, this is a great career they've had, a great run, and uh, you know, I think it's you know it's going to be fun to see them try to pull this match off. But as you said, like it's kind of like a getting your flowers moment for them too, to have this singles match against each other at WrestleMania. It, it makes sense in a lot of, in a lot of ways, yeah. man, there's a lot of uh, Santino Morello and uh, 
Vladimir Kozlov defeating the Usos at house shows at, when they started their 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 WWE run. I'm on cage match. Um, defeating just, them? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like when they first, that was looking at that's like their first. There was the Hart Dynasty where the tag team champions they were beating the Usos, and then Santino and Kozlov were tag team champions and they were defeating the Usos. That was wow. pretty much their 2010s was getting beat on house shows by the current tag team champions. So um, from that, which is you know kind of the, the business as it is right there. They were FCW, I think mm-hmm. that was, yeah. um, they were that. And then, you know, so that's just a different era. Like when you come up on the main roster, you do pretty much job out unless you're John Cena or Randy Orton and work your way up. So from, you know, 14 years, that's a long time. And they've gone from losing to Santino Morello <laughs> at house shows to, uh, to uh, yeah, having a match against the other WrestleMania. Santina so Morella and Vladimir Kozlov were a tag team. I never would have guessed. Yeah, they were they years. were tag team champions, and uh, yeah, never in a million years. Looks like uh, January of eleven and December of ten for Kate Match. Wow. So, yeah, that's um history lesson for you there. For the that end. is a uh, dark deep time. cut. <laughs> yeah, that was just about oh, to say. Yeah, <laughs> a dark time, a deep cut, and a dark time because yeah. holy moly. That is a. Uh, That's when Raw was doing like five million people an episode. Yeah, <laughs> so that's really what people were, were clamoring for. I think if you went back to that era and had that same roster, definitely would be, have the same ratings as it is now. For sure, there's no major pivots in technology or anything like that. No, no definitely. definitely not. Oh man, wow, 2010. Oof, oof. Excuse me, the I'm about to go throw up. I think. Uh, <laughs> All right. Any anything else on uh on Jimmy and Jay? Obviously, we'll track this, guys. We'll talk more about it as we as we build. But any any uh anything else on this? Uh, I don't what happened think, last night. I don't think so. I don't have the list in front of me. I wrote it down yesterday for the show. Maybe I have it. Yeah, I do. Okay, because neither of them are in the elimination chamber, right? No. Correct. Right. They are not. Okay. So, because yep. I had to have the the list of everyone in both chambers, so I didn't get it wrong. So. Yeah. No, they're not in it. Um. But let's let's pivot to that because. We're going to preview Elimination Chamber match by match by match on Thursday's flagship show. So join us 3 Eastern if you want to catch that live, 3 Eastern right here uh, on YouTube. Uh, We'll preview Elimination Chamber start to finish. But last night, you know, Drew McIntyre, another really big night. You know, I I didn't think that last night was the greatest Raw in the world, um, but I thought Drew had a fantastic night again. Um, I thought he had a good match with Cody. Um, I thought that, you know, he continues to kind of turn heel, but without like the big swerve moment. And I think that's just so refreshing. Like, I like that it's not just like, oh, I'm a heel now. Like, it's just been like a slow burn. And now he's like, you know, almost fully entrenched as this bad guy. Um, but he gets a big win. Like, he gets a big win over Cody. And yes, Cody was protected in it, obviously. Um but it was done for a reason, you know, it like there's going to be heat on the bloodline for that. And McIntyre gets to ride in the elimination chamber with some momentum. Like, I think that's what you want to do. And I don't think they have many options as far as who's going to win the elimination chamber on the men's yeah. side. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like it's chock full of people that you think make a lot of sense taking on Seth, except for Drew. So I think we know which way that's going to go, but you know, I think it needs to go that way also. Like Drew is by far, you know, the hottest, uh, the hottest act 
that WWE has right now that doesn't have something concrete going for WrestleMania. So it makes total sense to, in my eyes, get him that big win and, you know, get him into the chamber and <clears throat> have him win that too. And just keep trying to ride that, ride that wave. So, you know, I know people are going to shake their head at the, uh, at like the, the shenanigan finish. But as I said, I think it served a couple different uh, purposes last night. And one of them was just to make Drew look, look pretty damn strong. Yeah, I like if you had to have me choose which one to get rid of, it'd be the the one in the main event, right? Now, yeah. this, this yeah. one this one made sense. It's more impactful as the bloodline are out to screw over Cody in every way they can. Yes, yes. So, you know, that is what it is. The next step is for The Rock to do that at some point. And uh, so Cody's like on a losing streak that is of the bloodline's making on the way in, you know, I think is, I'm sure Grayson Waller will bring that up if I had yeah. to guess for their interview. So that's all there. And yeah, that's good. And Drew, you know, taking advantage and not, you know, being like, okay. Like, you know, that's what a real competitor would do, but also a heel in the WWE context. As Michael Cole would not let it go last night of like, all right, we get it. He's a bad guy. Like, yeah, I feel like it's pretty well established. I think most people would agree. He gets a pretty negative reaction, the reaction you want to get out of a character like that. So, yeah. And uh, him winning the chamber makes the most sense to me. He's got beef with Cody and uh, with Seth as a result. So, you know, that makes sense for their story, too, that, you know, Seth is Cody adjacent and Drew being bloodline adjacent by their who they're taking on at WrestleMania. All makes sense for that to be the biggest story. You know, Jimmy and Jay and Roman and Cody and probably the tag match, all that sort of stuff um, is all related to. The good guys and the bad guys, and there's the good guy team, and there's the blood, and there's the bad bad guy team, which is incredibly simple and unlimitedly effective, as we're as we are seeing with how hot the product is. So, I like that. And it I, is yeah. the Justice League and the Legion of Doom, and right. they are all picking sides. So yep, yep, yeah, and I think like I mean, what's going to be fun about the run to WrestleMania, and from that regard, is just can they pull it off? Like, can they pull off a finish and put a bow on all of this together? Like, it's like, it's either going to be like, you know, great. Or it's going to be like lost where, Hey, with all this stuff, all this cool stuff that you guys have been following, we're just, we're really just going to tie up like two things. Oh, no yeah. big deal. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Drew, um, you know, Drew's going to be going against Seth Rollins if he wins the Elimination Chamber. Um, Seth didn't spend much time you know, selling that match this week. He spent no time selling that match. Like he is fully, you know, kind of in this Cody um, Roman Rock thing now. Um, and we don't know how those two matches are going to fit. Like whatever, how is Seth going to continue his involvement with? Cody and the bloodline of WrestleMania, but also then how is he going to fit in, you know, a match with Drew um, is, do you still, do you think that Seth's going to wrestle twice and Drew's going to, you know, just get this match? Like what, where is your head at in terms of how they frame this? Cause they haven't shied away from just promoting the elimination chamber as nope, the winner gets Seth at WrestleMania world title match. Like, um, so you think that's just, okay, he's going to work two matches or something else. Yeah, that I mean that's where I'm right now. Just from the context clues, especially that rock promo, 
Yeah. Uh, saying that him and Roman are the you know most devastating team in history, all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, it'd just be weird if he's the special guest referee of that match or right. he's just like the heel host of the event. Like, it doesn't make sense for what he's doing, cutting heel promos, tearing down the crowd like he has been, and being full 100% heel rock for him to like not have any match whatsoever. And there's no other match that makes sense. Like, him and Seth doesn't make any sense. And, no. you know, a singles match with Cody doesn't make any sense because you can save that for later. As my guess is that The Rock would like to turn his $30 million stock option into a $60, $120 million <laughs> stock option, right? And in his mind, the best way to do that is to be with the company for a long time, have a successful transition to Netflix and SmackDown to USA, all that good stuff. Make sure, yep. you know, UFC, because he has TKO stock too, that's UFC. So if the, all the company's hot, then UFC gets a new deal. So he's he's all in for the next 18 months, I would say, to make sure yeah. that stock can, can balloon and be valuable and cash out a little bit bonus for himself. So that being said, the tag team match makes the most sense as, you know, night one. If, if it's truly going to be as, as the creative team is saying and Triple H is saying, like, that's the only way to make it the biggest WrestleMania ever is you have those, those guys in a tag match night one. Something crazy happens. And that's going to lead to night two where Seth wrestles Drew probably loses because he's beaten down from the night before. And Cody then is like by himself. Seth has risen him up as he's about to go out there and there's a crazy million shenanigans going on. And yeah, then you could probably get your cheesy, you know, Captain America saying Avengers assemble moment with Cody, uh, you know, picking up the hammer Mjolnir because he's worthy. All that sort of BS that, (laughs) that we're going to get to right. Jay, and Seth and and all of them come out and defeat the rock and all that. So that if you want the biggest WrestleMania possible, that's what you do. So that's yep. where I'm at right now. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that at all. Well, uh, well put. All right, we got some super chats here. We got a little bit of a debate going here in, in super chat. So get your votes in. Adam jumping in saying Drew might be the best character in North American wrestling at this moment. Zach pushes back and says, Nope. I'll see you, Drew McIntyre, and I'm going to raise you a Swerve Strickland. So, Tyler, I ask you, well, I guess, you know, do you accept the premise that it's one of those two? And, uh, you know, is Drew the best character in North American wrestling at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's all about context and how you levy that, right? Like if it's PWI, you'd have to say it's Cody. Or The Rock coming back as a heel character is a pretty big deal, right? On who's the hottest character, who's selling the most merch. Our truth is probably in a t-shirt <laughs> metric, the most, the hottest character, but oh my God. For, for like the hardcore fans, like you and I are and everyone listening live and, and listening now is uh, I think it's those two. I would say drew is slightly a hotter character as swerves like peak moment was the Texas death match. Then interacting with Paige and MJF in the same night mm-hmm. um, to be like, Oh, he's moving up the card. Like that's exciting. And he's there now. So I think just as a culture, we A, like to tear people down and we like to build people back up as well. And Drew is more like, oh, after, like he might, he's on the come up and could win that title in, you know, in a, in a little bit, two months away or whatever, six weeks away for WrestleMania. He's about to have a big moment coming up at Elimination Chamber, we think. Swerve yep. could have his moment coming up 
the following weekend, but I think you and I are both a little dubious that Tony Khan will make that decision to do it. So I think I'm building in, like, I don't think Swerve's going to win the title. If he does win the title, it's no question it's Swerve. But just, like, that's where we are in the trajectory of, like, I think Drew re-solidified himself as a top guy. They're still doing, you know, as we've talked about, they're still working all the newsbreakers that Drew does not have a contract, which I think is crazy that anyone is running a story like that, that like WWE would operate in this way. Cause if, if Drew goes to AEW tomorrow and his contracts up after WrestleMania, There's all that no BS, yeah. he's like the biggest star instantly. Like he's taking on Okada for the world title because it's such yes. a hot character. So WWE's not stupid. They're not doing that. They're not giving a push to a guy and let him win an elimination chair, all that stuff. Right. No way. So, but it's great for a story for people like us to think that. And I do not think that. You should not think it either, audience. But uh, so I'll give the slight edge to Drew. But both guys are, you know, they're in the process of, you know, The Rock, Roman, Cody, I think at this point. You know, he's got to win a world title or two. But those guys that, like, you're going to go down as very memorable main characters of this era of wrestling. I think yeah. Drew and Swerve are getting into that echelon, which is why they're exciting characters, because it's, it's always good to see someone new and not see the same people in the space for 15 years straight. I think it's a good answer. Yeah, I think both guys are are really hot, you know, uh, both Drew and Swerve. I mean, I, I think I'd give the the nod to Drew um, from those two, but I, but I really think that, yeah, I think that Cody is, you know, the best character in North American wrestling right now. I mean, I just collectively – He's so hot as babyface, and it's like it is so hard to be like that kind of babyface in WWE, yeah. especially like you have to be like way, way over in over to in order to do that. Like it just doesn't happen. It's so hard to to pull that off. It's hard enough to be a babyface at any time, but like you know that kind of babyface in this era, forget it. Like it's it's tough, and he's pulling it off. So I think that counts for something. But Drew, um, you know. I think he's just again. I think the most intriguing thing about him is the just the non-turn turn. Like it, it can be done. Like you don't just have to swerve people just to do it. No pun intended. Like just tell a story. He goes from A to B. It takes like four months to get there, and now he's a bad guy. And it didn't have like this surprise moment where he's good one minute and he's bad the next minute. Like that's fun and it's shocking, but you know, I don't think. Like they got so much more out of this, so much more mm-hmm. out of this whole pivot for him. Um, and I think it's why it's you know exciting to watch him now. Is like they really set the table on that. So um, so yeah, a good it's good, a good point. And I think Drew, um, you know, is gonna be a key guy, I think, coming out of uh WrestleMania. Cause like, you know, if Cody is gonna win the world title, you know, he's gonna need people to work with, and Drew is gonna be high up on that list of of heels that, you know, could have a good three month run with Cody Rhodes as for that, for the title. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, this is not the end of him flirting with main events, uh, main event spots. Like it's just, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Yeah. Drew essentially beat Cody in the G1. And when Cody wins the title, then uh, Drew gets yes. claimed to, to a title shot. Right. It's right. basically the book. Yeah. Right. And I think that makes sense. Like it's, that's a good, I don't know what you do with the world title if, if Drew wins that, but hey, that's a question for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we got two other um, super chats that we're going to get to that are kind of a little bit off topic. 
but they're really good questions. So I definitely want to get to them. Before we do that, um, what did you, you you talked a lot about this on Monday Mania, uh, your Monday uh, your Monday afternoon show. And so if you guys aren't checking that out, make sure that you do three Eastern with Tyler. He just uh, he he owns the whole darn show. Monday Mania uh, on Mondays, right here on the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel. Um, you talked about the Rock, you know, coming back. He cut. He had that long promo segment. Um, anything changed for you in the last, you know, last few days in terms of how you thought about that or what the kind of fa- fallout of that was in terms of how WWE framed it up on Monday night? I mean, they kind of underplayed it, right? Which is interesting to be like, you know, the, the retcon. It's probably the greatest retcon in. WWE history, right? <laughs> the whole thing of like him hugging Cody, and that definitely didn't happen. Didn't happen. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, not not much of a follow up on Raw, which is interesting. That it's like a pretty big deal. I mean, Susie came out in the whatever is that Gucci from back in the day? Is that what is it? Probably. You know, it was like a thousand dollar shirt. I hope it's the same one too. I mean, it's kind of repeat was yesterday, but you know, he kept the seven dollars. You know, we've all heard that story. Uh, so I hope he kept all the shirts and that now he's just too big. He had to cut it down the middle to, <laughs> to wear it, which is probably true. But, um, you know, just that version of The Rock coming back in 2024, I think, is a huge story. And, you know, I nitpicked things here and there. But, I mean, like seeing The Rock in that, I mean, I, I was so entertained that whole segment. Yeah. Like, doing the whole, like, gathering the biggest gathering breaking records and then like of trailer trash idiots I've ever seen. Like, like you can see so much why rock got over as a baby face. So, so well, because like just one promo, I'm like, man, he's so good at this. And he's so much better as this version of himself than like the, Hey, I'm the legend. Happy to be here version. So it all worked out pretty good. Yeah. It all worked out pretty good. And I hope they can maintain his healness for a while. Because he's super. I'm very much looking forward to every time he's on the TV. Not that I wasn't before, but you know that version of The Rock. It's been what twenty years, oh, twenty four yeah. years, 20, 20, 23 years, twenty three years. Like yeah, since I mean he has two thousand ninety nine, whatever. So, so yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see it when it's happening. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I I forget even some of the nitpicks that I had, but you know, it was some things you could clean up and, and tell a story. I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, what do you think about him doing the not doing the one, the hand raised all the way? I, you know, he went like that, not not like that, right? And and like it's all very choreographed, like the way they're standing on the planes where him and Roman are on equal footing, and then Solo and Jimmy and Paul are behind them, and they're all staring at the hard cam, and they're basically had X's on the floor like it's a movie scene, yes, and he's off on that, so so. Again, am I reading too much into that? Or do you think that's like a sign of something to come? Oh no, I think again, I think it's a sign of something to come. That's why, like, I continue to think that like we may be in for like the lame rock turns on Roman and helps Cody win. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stuff like this that makes me worried about that because like Rock doesn't do anything that's not like he doesn't mess up. He doesn't mess up that mm-hmm. kind of thing. He just, I mean, he just doesn't. Like that was on purpose. Um, it was right smack dab in the middle of the tv like in front of millions of people like so no no i think that that was definitely on purpose you know i i initially thought it was you know like doesn't cody like didn't he do something after he won the royal rumble with like the gun thing like like the, the referencing like bullet club or something he did something on the ropes i'll find it 
Because I was, this I was year? like, oh, this year, yeah, or this year, this year, this yeah. year he did. Um, hmm. So I thought maybe it was like a nod to that with Rock is like making like you know a weird thing, but yeah, I mean, so it was, <laughs> it was interesting, but I also was like, oh no, like I don't want to be right about this, but like mm-hmm. it could be could be going down that way. I, I, I mean. I thought the promo was awesome. Like it, it just was so much fun. Like to your point, it's like you, you know, you watch him do that, and you know, even in in and look, he's like a generational like talent. It's like Steve Austin. Like you watch him cut a promo, it's like no, nobody can do it like he can do. It. Like just and nobody has before, and nobody has since. You know, so it's you know, that's how you know it's like you know, once in a lifetime. Um, but like the rock out there doing that, like in some ways, I think it like, I don't know what the best way to put this is, but it like hurts the current crop of wrestlers because it's like, nobody's on that level. Even the best stars that they have right now are not on that level. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes included like CM Punk and same thing. Like, like nobody's on that, on that level period. And, um, so it, it it's a little jarring when you see somebody that good, like working that way. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, you know, Monday Night Raw, you get a, you know, a Chad Gable Ivar match. That's just, it's like, whoa, whoa, there's a big, big difference there. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I think that like, it's just such a blast, like watching it. And like, it's even more fun because like, really like it was never going to happen this way. Like it really, that was not the plan. Um, and so like you kind of getting this extra rock heel run here, that was totally unexpected. The one thing that I just continue to be a little concerned about is Roman out there with them. Um, Cause he shrinks, man. I mean, yeah. and everybody does like everybody does, but he shrinks in that rock shadow. And so I, as I said last week on this show, I think you gotta like. I think Triple H and Paul Heyman and the writing team have to recognize that and go, okay, we need to give Roman something here. We have to like do something where he can stand out and look like Rock's equal. Because when they're out there together, he doesn't. He just doesn't. And I think they, you know, you don't want to turn Rock down too much. So you got to give Roman something to like up his game. That that stood out to me too. For as fun as the second yeah. was, I'm like, ooh, Roman, yikes. Yeah, even if it's like a little backstage thing where he cracks yep. a joke or demeans him a little bit, and he's like, Oh, it's all good, ooze, you know, something like that. And then they like yes. you know, they dab up and they're like Roman's like and then something. Like, you know, they're both like holding each other, like hugging and they're like, I hate this guy. Um <laughs> yes, you know, yes. Even something like that where it's like asserting the you know, the, the little needling of you know, the mob boss busting uh the 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 guys below him you're like oh, i'm just kidding don't worry about it. you know that that display yep. of power um, yep. that uh evil person would do so yeah and they, they both know vince they should do that pretty well so <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah that <sighs> speaking of speaking <laughs> of we'll go Ooh, look at that our... tag team transition tag team yes transition. that's that's how you know we've done a lot of these shows together. Look at that. Seamless. <laughs> seamless. Uh, from Zach. It says, uh, the split screen between the road to WrestleMania on one side and the lawsuit, Louis indictment, and relentless coverage on Ashley Banfield on the other side is wild. Yes. Um, 
it is wild. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, something that I, I mean, I hope that you know, it stays that way. Like, you know, you, I hope mainstream outlets like Banfield continue to cover it. Um, she had a pretty eye-opening interview. Um, I think, I believe it was with Paul Roma. Um, yeah, Paul Roma. Which Paul like Roma. makes the Lord Nice stuff. Not that Lord Nice is, you know, a victim in this, but it makes those like, hey, I'm going to get my day in court thing. It makes yeah. that like, oh, I, I, it's probably, I mean, he was Johnny Ace back then when Paul Roma was wrestling. So, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, it was pretty awful, like what he was, you know, um, alluding to and alleging, mm-hmm. um, which at this point is no, <laughs> no surprise. But yeah, I mean, Zach, I think that like, you know, that is going to be a part of this WrestleMania. Like, is that lawsuit and the indictment if it comes and just the coverage that comes along with it. And, uh, and rightfully so. They made their bed and, you know, they now are going to have to deal with the consequences of that. So, you know, Triple H can whine about it all he wants at press conferences and, and get frustrated because people aren't talking about a Netflix deal worth, you know, $5 billion or whatever it is. Yeah. But the bottom line is um, – those two things are going to work in tandem, you know, until more comes out and more, you know, definitive direction is, is, uh, is taken one way or the other. So, so yeah, it's fascinating um, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but I think it's the right thing to cover that stuff side by side. And we certainly will do our best to do that here uh, as well. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, more is going to come out, but I think it just lays out. I mean, that's what, what, what is the time frame on this? Like 87 ish it was like the was there like a date on the claim the roma stuff i mean yeah oh because the i always forget i always forget the i always i feel bad about the the referee in the 80s uh rita chatterton that was like yeah yeah that was like the late 80s or mid 80s yeah yeah so this is you know just you can you know i know we have no one on the chat at least i'm seeing live here that is going to push back on this but We've had people in the past push back on this subject. And it just, you know, as the story breaks, and you see the facts in front of you. If you were a district attorney talking to a grand jury, this is all the stuff you would lay out to show a pattern of predatory behavior that, um, yep, to all genders, to everyone, you know, your employees, people that were not your employees, they made your employees, right? Like if everyone on that, pyramid below you is a victim of yours like you know not that it's like a rico case because i don't those are hard to do and i don't know if connecticut or new york has rico laws but mm-hmm. it's like that where it's like essentially a, a sex ring mafia is you could do that you could argue that and for a, someone who doesn't follow wrestling you could lay it out on paper and that's what i think is going on here and you know even the stuff with allegedly you know talent down in um with what Cornette, whatever he was running. Obviously, yep. there's, there's rumor and innuendo to like what he liked to do with the newer talent there. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole company has like it's all throughout. That's why, you know, when you're like, no one is safe, it's because it's literally, you know, we're just two guys sitting in our recording areas of our homes. And it's all pretty much like, you know, so you know, everyone that was higher up involved in this had at least an inkling. That something was going on, right? Yeah. So that that's why you know you blow the horn of like, hey, anything can happen. Obviously, Vince is the main target for prosecution, I think, and 
should be the first one to, to go down and everything. But that's why it's like important thing to keep talking about beyond Vince too, of like the culture, making sure it stops. You know, that's like the one thing we've always given credit to AEW as far as we know, right? Because you mm-hmm. never know. But like that culture doesn't seem to be there as prevalent prevalently because the person at the top doesn't seem like, he, you know, he might not be able to book or, or be a, a locker room leader of men, but it doesn't seem like he allows <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff to happen too. So, you know, there's a give and a take and it's a better move in the pro wrestling industry. So it's good to villainize people that are, you know, leading horrible working environments in all aspects of life. So. Well said. Thank you, Zach. Uh, appreciate it. We'll uh, finish up with one more super chat from Zach and thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it. And it's uh Directed at me, another Zach. Zach, comparing the GOAT, Becky Lynch, to Randy Orton is blasphemous with an exclamation point. Nobody drops exclamation points much in the uh, in the Super Chat, so this is this is serious business. Um, so I talked about this last night with Wade, and you can, once again, check that out, uh, pwtorch.com. It was fun to, to join that join him there. The uh, I don't think it's blasphemous at all. Like, I think it's a pretty darn good compliment. Like if, if like, you know, I mean, you're comparing to Randy Orton. I mean, that's, he's a huge star, multiple time world champion. He's done it all. Youngest world champion. I mean, he's, he is a legend in WWE. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a blasphemous claim. My biggest point in making this Tyler was that Becky is just, she's popular. She's over, you know, Randy is popular. He's over. But either one of them are, I don't think, are going to be, you know, at least for the time being, like, main focuses of, like, their divisions. Like, they're big stars in their divisions, but they're not, like, going to be the one that Triple H straps the rocket to and, like, is carrying those those divisions. I just, you know, I just think that that focuses on other people. Like, Rhea Ripley is going to be, you know, the person who gets a lot of the attention of the women's division and, and rightfully so like she, it's her time. It's her time. And, um, you know, same thing with Orton, like he's not going to be, you know, beating Roman Reigns for that, that title, even though he can talk a good game about, you know, being a challenger, he's not going to be that guy. And so when I was comparing them, like, that's kind of what I meant. I think they're both in similar positions within the company. Um, that was my comparison. That was my point. I don't think that comparing to Randy Orton is this really horrible thing either, though. So uh, do you agree? Disagree? Am I crazy? Hit me. It depends how you frame it, right? Because <clears throat> Becky has the benefit of WWE caring about the women's division in a certain way when when she was the right age, right? When she was 25 to 40, right? When you're prime as a wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if... Uh, Medusa or China, right? Are the two women you can think of? I mean, obviously, you have Lita, you have Trish, but like, you know, I would say Medusa and China are like the first two women of modern WWE. Yeah. And that's like sort of your whatever superstar Billy Graham, your Bruno San Martino of the, of the women's division, right? And Becky and Charlotte and uh, Sasha and Bailey or your, you know, Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Andre, or whatever. So, you know, that, that like, sort of the, that, the golden era of that division when it became popular in the sport. And they're, they're the big names, right? So Becky benefits from that from, like, a historical standpoint, in my opinion. 
Yeah. I think you're 100% right on, you know, when was Randy the most popular as a character? Yeah. As a heel, for sure. Like, probably, I don't know, WrestleMania 25 when he was on that, that, that like dark twisted, I'm going to kiss Stephanie in front of Triple H heel run, you know, probably then, right? I mean, I don't know. Where, because when he came up, he was the legend hunter. Was that like the first thing he did? Oh, that, yeah, he was pretty hot then, too. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean just like, because there's like, I mean, that's kind of like he's just been like, I don't know, like a lot of his stories are kind of there and they're hard to like, oh, yeah, I remember that, but you don't like really remember it. Right. And like Becky's biggest moment is, Zach, what do you think? What do you think Becky's biggest moment? I'm thinking, I mean, I think ultimately it's, it's the main event of WrestleMania 35, like first, first main event ever. But, but I, I think that, that, that the, um, you know, like the shot of her on raw, you know, when she's got, got punched in the face. Like, I think that's like the catalyst for that moment. So like, it's a little, it's tough to kind of differentiate the two because yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, she was the first it, it ever made at WrestleMania. So, well, yeah, made it led to that. But that was kind of cooled down. And that show that ended at like twelve thirty Eastern time, I think. That show that was the worst. Oh, the worst. God. Yeah. So that was like her by a lot of things. But I think it's like her with the bloody nose for you know that yeah. Survivor Series run, or she became the man, right? So, also like right now they don't really. I mean, I know they have a story. Like she's got a story, but like. It's really like, hey, I'm a big star. She's a big star. Let's wrestle, right? There's really not a story there. Yeah, and that's like for, her. for Rhea, though, too. Like, it's more yeah. for her you know, to yeah. have this match than a, it is for Becky. And that's what Randy's kind of always been. Like, he's kind right. of always been somebody, someone else to wrestle and either lose to or whatever, except for Bray Wyatt, right? They had, like, stories together. But, yes. like, oh, and, you know, work great. You know, I'm, I've I've been on this boat for a long time. Like I don't think that match is going to be good, Rhea and and, and Becky from a you're crazy. I can't wait <laughs> to prove you wrong on that. Yeah, we'll see. But I think <laughs> I think Becky is a little overrated in the ring. So I think Randy's also overrated in the ring. So I think they match each other there. Um, so but that's just me. That's my hot take. Yeah, see, I, I think the a... comparison's good. But like, if you're like overall skill and importance, right? Like. If you flip it, and women's wrestling's been crazy popular since the '50s, and men's wrestling got popular, you know, in the United States, in you know the the 2010s, I think you would flip this, and Randy would be an all-time great if he if they switched spots, and Becky would be a Hall of Famer for sure. Sure. So it just sure. depends on that the history thing. If that makes sense, that might be more of a long piece to decipher that. But. Yeah, yeah, but no, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, so we do. Yeah, Zach, it definitely wasn't a knock. It was when I said it, it was like compliment. I mean, there's only a few people on Randy's level as far as like star power goes. Same with, you know, what you can debate good matches, bad matches, whatever. But he's been like a fixture legacy act in the company for, for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's what Becky kind of is becoming. And that's it's not a bad thing. And it's not a bad well, thing. And there's so few people like that, right? Right. Like in wrestling. Yeah. Is it like Orton, I mean, he's been hurt occasionally. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of wear on those tires, like Jericho, Seth, like those guys who have like been yeah, at the top Copeland, for a long time, you know. Yeah, and work and work a lot. I mean, Copeland took ten years off there, right? He had to. Oh, but, that's true. Yeah, he does. Yeah, um, right. Yep. So it's like to work that consistently for like 
probably into your 50s, obviously for Jericho and Orton. How old is Randy? 46, 47? 40, something like that. The mid-40s, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So, and then Seth is probably there if he wants to, right? So, like, yep. those guys are always rated properly and underrated, depending on how you quantify them. But, you know. Right. So, yeah. Becky is there, too, right? She's been around and always doing important stuff. Sometimes it's good to go away for three months and come back and be hot. Sometimes we're good to be CM Punk. Sometimes it's good to be Randy Orton and Becky. It's kind of the debate right. if you're a pro wrestler. So. All right. There you go. Zach, thank you. And we'll wrap up the show there, guys. Appreciate everybody who tuned in live. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who dropped Super Chat. Uh, we appreciate um, all of you. So Sean and Adam and Zach and Azan and uh, – geez, who am I forgetting here? Tracy and uh, – um, Steve, thank you, thank you, thank you, um, and I appreciate everybody else who tuned in live. Um, if you want to take this with you and you don't get to listen to us live here, we do release these shows uh, just minutes after we're done live here on your favorite podcast feed. So you can download those, um, subscribe, you know, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, and uh, uh, take us on the road to work, to the gym, wherever you need to. We are. Uh, uh, and that goes for the flagship shows and also all the other live content that is on uh, the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel all throughout the week. Um, we will be back Thursday afternoon, 3 Eastern, with another flagship show. We'll pre preview um, WWE Elimination Chamber. We'll also talk a little bit about AEW Dynamite. Um, tomorrow afternoon, I'll be live here on the channel with uh, my weekly show, Spotlight, targeting like one specific topic. Um it's a mystery, so stay tuned as to what the topic will be. But you can tune in uh, tomorrow, 3 Eastern, uh, for another live show right here on the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel. Uh, thanks to everybody. Um, Tyler, appreciate it, man. Have a good week until Thursday. See you, everybody. See you, guys. Thank you.